This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. And it just had to happen this way, right? As I am about to say my first words on the show, Stanton grounds out to end the game. Yankees swept by the Angels. 44 strikeouts this series. That's impressive. Why? It is a franchise record for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yankees now losers of eight of their last 10 games. That ship is sinking. Can't wait to hear from Boone tell us about how they're that close to turning it around because of the at-bat quality and the hard hit rate. So we'll get into Yankee baseball begrudgingly. Hurt my guy Larry Hardesty at the end of his show, sarcastically saying, yeah, Ty's going to be excited tonight to talk about his bombers. All they do is get bombed. But, uh, you know, out of necessity, we will have a therapeutic session to talk about what just went down out on the West Coast. Yankees, more questions than answers. But some folks still feel like they've got an opportunity, got a shot to make things happen. Uh, So we'll see. Meanwhile, Met fans rejoice. Three wins for your team. They beat the White Sox tonight 5-1. That's after an 11-10 victory last night. So they've scored now 16 runs in their last two games. Offense coming alive. Brett Beatty had a home run tonight. So they're cooking a little bit. Now just five games under 500. Got to love that. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler in for Larry and Gordon. We'll take you until midnight tonight. You know the deal. You know the vibes. Hit us on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. That's where you can find the IG as well. We're on threads, too, getting the threads popping. But, of course, if you want to engage in some conversation so the people can listen to us, the people them who are listening to the program, find us, 800-919-3776. Before we get to baseball, got to start with the NFL training camp underway. And I'll be honest. I'll be candid. It's, all, it's what I bring to these airwaves all the time. It doesn't take a lot for us Jet fans to get excited. We're like you know, virgins at the strip club for the first time. One little movement and one little movement. Oh, that's where that go? Okay. Hit me one more time with that. I saw Aaron Rodgers and, and, and the green unis threw that on the Instagram. I'm like, fam, can we take this picture again next February in Vegas? Fingers crossed on that. I, I get to come into a season with expectations that are sky high for the first time in a long time. I've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, we're cooking with something here. And, you know, typically it's, you know, same old, same old question mark, a quarterback, what's the head coach like, uh, a ton of reasons to, you know, to be pessimistic. But you get excited hearing C.J. Mosley talk about the different vibes and the energy coming into training camp. So the Quinton Williams contract get handled this past week. So, you know, remove that from the equation of, you know, potential disasters bracing this team. So you get, you get excited. You, you, you start to dream about what's going to happen 54 days from now when the season kicks off. And then you come across some news. Denzel Mims about to get traded. That came across the timeline earlier today. Then right before the show... Looks like did get traded. Connor Hughes and Josina Anderson first on the report that looks like he's going to Detroit, which, quick aside, the Lions got a really good case to win that NFC North now that Rodgers is out of Green Bay. The Vikings might take a step back. They were a very lucky team last year, 
I mean, winning every single game or game-winning field goals coming down to the wire. And we saw them get exposed by the Giants in the playoffs. So the Lions, that's everyone's favorite pick to you know win that division. And I believe that they're on that list with the Jets as far as teams, you know, longest deficits without winning and corralling that division title. So that would be a, a nice pickup for the Lions. But New York talk show, so we get to the Jets side of things. And I, I, of all of, you know, start the show talking about everything that I'm looking forward to in a positive fashion, we got to be honest about the Joe Douglas side of this. Because as good as he was delivering, and I'm talking about hitting home runs in last year's draft, we do have to have a bit of an honest conversation about his resume. Because, yes, he has, since he's been here, traded away Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, Avery Williamson, Chris Herndon, and Corral, a total of 11 picks, two of which were first-rounders, one was a second-rounder. Last year drafted the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Also was able to get the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Brees Hall coming back from injury, expecting a lot from him. And he did create an environment with this Jets organization that was conducive to one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport deciding this was a favorable destination as he enters the twilight of his career. You look at the, the three seasons prior to Douglas's arrival, Jets' third-worst record, 14-34, and second-worst point differential at minus 326. So he came in trying to rebuild this program. It was a giant mess. And now you look at the complete turnaround. Guess who has the sixth-best odds to win the championship next year? That would be those same Jets who were 20 games under five hundred in the three seasons preceding Joe Douglas. However, we do have to acknowledge that despite the home runs he hit last year, despite the, the overall roster being good enough to make a lot of people in Vegas feel like this team legitimately can win a championship next season, there have been too many shortcomings to ignore. That 2020 draft class for Joe Douglas, his first one because oddly, 2019 was his first season, but they hired him after the draft. So they allowed McCagnan to do the draft and brought Douglas in, uh, which obviously made no sense. But BSMA, that's what happens. I, I, I am going to see, and I actually came across a tweet, you know, anything the Jets can get from Memphis, you take that as a victory. Huh? Really? Because I look at it differently. Mims was a second-round pick from a draft just three years ago. This is a team that since 2015 has struggled on offense. We're, we're talking about eight years where they can't score points. So they take this guy in the second round, and now he's getting traded three years later from an organization that has been bereft of weapons on that side of the ball he just gets moved and i'm supposed to celebrate that at least they're getting something for him now nah, you got the wrong one let's not dismiss this as if it's benign 
And we look at what's happened to him the last couple of years. It was, you know, he was frustrated. So he comes into to last season and requests a trade. Never quite looked comfortable with the coaching staff. And I, I, the best word I can come up with uh, as far as how he looked on the field, it was just awkward. No synergy, not running the right routes, trouble, you know, holding on to the football. Never appeared to be the right fit. But part of your job in evaluating talent isn't just the anticipated production on the field. It's about how he's going to come into this organization and, and you know, ingratiate himself. That's character style. That's leadership abilities. It's the entire package. And he pretty much batted zero on everything. So part of it does fall on him, of course. He's got to take some accountability for what transpired. But, I mean, we're talking about a pretty big swing and miss for this organization. So let's not just summarily dismiss this as, you know, no big deal. This is a huge deal. And I said this on the program a couple of days ago. I, I was part of the Jet, you know, court or, you know, the Jet tribe that every year we get to the offseason, we're just overcome by all of this elation. You could have so much cap space. Look at all the cap space ha we have. Look at all the impending free agents. We can go out there and spend a ton of money. Well, part of the reason why you have all this cap space is because you can't draft to save your damn life. The best teams in football don't every single year have an exorbitant amount of cap space. That comes with the territory of you being terrible at building through the draft. So for Mims in three seasons, 42 catches, 776 yards, and not a single touchdown. That is, I mean, talk about a blip on the radar. That, that is a, a blunder. Can't ignore that. And then in the following draft, Elijah Moore, who was exciting in year one. We thought this could be a potential game changer. Taking around two in 2021, two seasons later, he's traded. Off to Cleveland he goes. So my question is, again, for a team that desperately needs weapons, that can't seem to score points, why does this keep happening? What's going on with the structure? What's up with the program? Because I can't keep looking past it. I understand. I, I, you know, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, AVT. Yes, there is a lot to be thrilled about. There's a lot of credit this regime deserves when it comes to rebuilding the infrastructure of this team. But uh, all the blunders, Corey Davis looks like he's on the hot seat, could be a cap casualty. Three years, $37.5 million. He's played 19 games in two seasons and might not even make it through training camp. Another big acquisition. Supposed to come in here and be a difference maker for the time, Zach Wilson. Ended up being Mike White and, you know, Chris Strebler. But it, it, what's going on with free agency when it comes to the draft? There are, There's a lot that is going wrong here. And some of it can be attributed to, you know, guys just not working out. But when you are the head honcho, when you are the GM of this team, you got to wear some of that. At some point, the results have to matter, which is why 
This season is so important. Joe Douglas, since coming to the Jets, 20 and 46 at the helm. 20 and 46. Robert Sala, since coming on to the program, 11 and 23, made the playoffs at all. So if we are struggling with, you know, are these guys on the hot seat? Or if we're questioning questioning that, then we've got to rewind and understand and see the big picture here. Obviously, they're on the hot seat. You know me. You're not going to just get homerism. I love my teams. When the credit is warranted, I'll dole it out. I'll dish it out. I'll be Steve Nash, set you up. But there are times I got to come on here and be brutally honest and understand that two things can be happening at the same time. And that is, one, I am just salivating. I can't contain myself. Every day I wake up. Wins week one, wins week one, wins week one. Shout out to my mom, by the way. September 11th is her birthday. And it's, you know, Jets, Bills, week one, Monday night football. Love you, mom. Love you, mom. That's, that's a rough one. She's going to be 49 this year. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but you know, every day, countdown, that, that number continues to dwindle. And my favorite quarterback of all time is, is wearing the uniform of my favorite team. So in my eyes, it's a match made in heaven. But yeah, I said two things can be true at once. The second leg of this you know, mental parlay is let's keep it a stack. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, both of y'all are on the clock. Because we can't keep talking about potential. At some point, that potential has to translate into results. And so far during this tenure, just haven't gotten it. So let's come correct. Let's do what we got to do. But at the end of the year, we got to see results. We got to see this thing being pushed not just in the right direction, but tangible results that we can discuss where we can knock off that use of the word potential. Results, results, results. 800-919-3776. I'm fired up tonight, so let's hear from you, which we'll do when we get back. Ty Butler filling in for Larry and Gordon. Going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I was in the, I'm in a group chat with my boys from home, and they was going, you know, I don't understand the Ice Spice love. We're going to have to play some Ice Spice records. By the way, uh, so Ty Butler going until midnight. I, I said the Yankees had 44 strikeouts in Anaheim, which was a franchise record for the Angels. The number is actually 42. So, I mean, two were strikeouts. Same deal. This team stinks right now. They've lost 8 of 10 games. Canely had a meltdown in a dugout. Boone's talking to the media right now, so we'll hear from him later. But it's getting to a point now where I do wonder, and we'll get back to the Jet phone calls, 800-919-3776. I do wonder if we start to see any of this trickle into uh, the attendance numbers at the stadium. Does it affect attendance? Does it affect ratings? Because that's when the bottom line is hit, and then we can start to see some real changes. I'm not like a proponent of, 
you know, protesting games and, you know, doing that kind of thing. I'm just saying that th- this Yankee team right now, they are so bad. They are so miserable. You could actually start to see it reflect in the stadium. And it's not that, you know, it's a fan base that's devoid of passion and heart and diligence. It's just, I mean, what are you showing up for? They're averaging 3.3 runs in their last 11 games, and that's not all on Aaron Judge. But we'll talk about that later on, Uh, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Gabriel in the Bronx, who wants to start off the show. What's up, Gabriel? Yo, Chai, what's going on, man? I just came out of work, I hear, and, and I hear you upset that the Jets are trading wide receiver number six. What's going on, man? Let me ask you a question, Gabriel. What do you do for a living? I'm a correction officer. Just came so, out. So, qu- uh, so, yo, so we appreciate your services. That's a tough job. Uh, I, I know it, it, it gets crazy. But uh, from what I gather, it does require... You know, a special skill set. And part of that skill set is attention to detail. You got to be listening correctly. You think that I'm on here saying I'm mad about Mims getting traded? You missed the point, my brother. That's not what it is. I'm talking about there's something wrong with the fact that this team is missing on picks this blatantly. That's what I'm saying. It's not about Denzel Mims. But but, but you got to understand, not every GM bats a thousand two. You know what I mean? You you also got to give him credit for what he did. You got to understand. He like, batted, he, Gabriel, he batted zero. He batted zero in the 2020 draft. No, now, Makai backed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. 2020, I agree with you. But you don't think Adam Gates had anything to do with that? I think Adam sure. Gates wanted Mims. He wanted back then. He's the GM, man. I can't, do, I can't play the game of who wanted who more. Like, he's the GM. Yeah, I mean... As far as uh, and then as far as uh, Elijah Moore is concerned, you know we we was in the middle of a of a winning streak and he wanted out, so you can't fall him for that. That guy had to go. That's a that's a, a character flaw, and I've got to again I've got to assign demerits when you draft someone with a character flaw. That's on you. That like this these are things that have to be vetted. We can't parse between just, you know, talent versus, you know, stuff that happens off the field. I had a I had a big issue with what Elijah Moore was doing. But that has to that does to some degree fall on the GM. So it's not about Mims, the entire 2020 draft. We'll see what happens with Beckton this year. But the 2020 draft, I didn't even mention missing on Zach Wilson. And, and, and everything that's happened since then. So, you know, that that's what I'm talking about. It's not just about Mims. It's the entirety of the picture. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I just feel like, listen, Mims had his opportunity. He's been here for three years. And it's just even when guys went down, he had his opportunity to step up and then do that. So I just saw this coming, you know. And then as far as Joe Douglas is concerned, yeah, I mean, listen, I love Joe Douglas, but – I could admit he he missed on a few picks also, but you know he also tore the team down to shreds and rebuild it. So you got to give him credit for that at least. He he does, and look, I appreciate the call, Gabriel. He does get credit for it. I mentioned what their record was prior to you know him coming to town, and it wasn't good. Fourteen and thirty in the three years prior. So him having to come and build this back up to something that's representable, it's a tough challenge. But it's also the reason why you get paid all the big bucks. And when you're you're consistently missing on these high-end picks, it deserves a little bit of criticism. Let's go to Queens and talk to Claudio. What's up, Queen? What's up, Claudio? What's going on, Ty? Long time. Claudio from Gotham City Crew. How is everything going? 
Oh, my guy, Claudio. I do remember yeah, you, Gotham you, City brother. Crew. What's, what's long, up, long baby? Talk to, yeah. What's up, baby? Here Talk to me. Definitely, hi, number one, happy birthday to your mother on the home opener on September 11th. And if you are going to go to the game with her, we invite you to come out and tailgate in J3. So, nice pregame, come out. But where do you see now, obviously, with the MIMS news that just dropped, how does that impact any cap or shift of focus with the whole Dalvin Cook being a free agent out there? Do you think the Jets go a lot harder towards them, especially since possibly a, a roster spot might be open and – and Brees Hall, obviously, we don't want to run him like a, a workhorse that he is and maybe just have a, a multiple-headed monster out there. Listen, it's a, it's a good question. I appreciate the call and the love, Claudio. Shout-out to the uh, Gotham City crew. As far as what the trade details are, uh, we got to wait to see what trickles in. Uh, I saw some rumors about what it could be, but I don't want to, you know, put that over the airwaves until we have it solidified and finalized. I want to be as accurate as possible in reporting uh, the trade details. As far, you know, as far as the roster spot, yes, it, it, it in theory could open the door for Dalvin Cook. I think that it's going to come down to money. We got to see what happens in training camp because the Jets can very much use him, but. He, if Cook has to look at it from the standpoint of not just financially, but, you know, when he comes here, you're not going to be the primary back you were in Minnesota. You're coming in here as a rotating back to share the touches with Brees Hall because as great as Aaron Rodgers is and he's a Hall of Famer, that running game is going to be heavily utilized. So you got to share some touches with Brees Hall, who's coming back off of a, a significant injury. I know like, because of what we've seen in recent memory, these guys come back quick. And, you know, it's not, you know, it's dissimilar to what happened in the past where it took them longer. But this is a pretty significant injury that he suffered in October. So you don't want to run him out there into the ground. I would love for this to lead to Dalvin Cook coming to the Jets. But. With training camp just getting underway, inevitably you're going to see some injuries happen. There could be a team that needs him more, willing to, to go more desperate and, and pay him the money he's looking for. And that could mean that the Jets don't end up getting him, but we'll see what happens. I uh, can't predict that just yet. 800-919-3776. Danny's in center point. Wants to chime in on the Jets conversation. What's up, Danny? Hey, Ty. Pleasure to speak to you, man. I mean, uh, never get the... Uh... The time frame never works out for me. I'm a, I'm a big caller in the morning to Dave and Rick, and I'd be hard-pressed to find many Jet fans, you know, bigger than myself. I mean, there's, there's Ira and maybe a couple others. But, you know, at 53 years old, Ty, I'm rooting for this team since I'm seven years old, man. And I, you know, I listen every day, every morning. And, you know, the delusional talk of certain things, I, I just, like you said, I want to be candid and frank. You're honest. I want to be honest as a Jet fan, okay? The continuity of this team has to happen, you know, slow and, and progressive. And if we come out of, you know, you know, six, eight weeks with a halfway decent record and we get ourselves to a playoff berth, I think that's a realistic goal. I think that's a, a positive way to build forward. To start talking Super Bowl and AFC championships, listen, if that happens, that would be great. But to 
to me, as a realistic Jet fan, all things that have to happen, Rodgers stay healthy, Beckton comes back as what he's supposed to be, Brees Hall gets back to us by October and November and, and the back that he is, the defense taking that next step, all that stuff happens, and we come out of the season at, you know, 10-7, and 11-6, and six, and we get a playoff berth, and we're a real deal team, and we're, we're to be reckoned with, that's a positive season for me, and Rodgers coming back for the, for the following season, that's what we're talking about here, so to talk about Super Bowl that I hear a lot of conversations, and I know it's just here saying talk, and, and we're, we're making action, but that's a realistic goal to me as, as a long suffering season ticket holder, again, 53 tie, man, I am rooting for this team since I'm seven years old, the stuff that I've endured with this team oh, is, is just gut-wrenching tie and heartbreaking, but I'm still here, man. I put my jet flag out on my tree every year. It stays there to the end of the season, and my days revolve around it. For you to open up and talk about how pumped you are and count down the days, that gets to the, the core being of my soul as a Jet fan. I need this to go right. I need everything to fall in line. The only thing I'm going to disagree with you, Ty, on, and sorry for rambling, just trying to get it all out. The only thing I disagree with you on is these guys being on a hot seat. I get your point. Your points are really valid. But they took over a mess, both of these guys. Hey, Danny, Danny, real quick. Let me just jump in real quick, and I'll let you finish because this phone call is awesome, and I I, I love pretty much everything that you're saying. But let me just ask you a question real quick. Sure. The hot seat seat conversation derives from the simple fact that if the Jets miss the playoffs this year, you don't think those guys are getting fired? You think that Salah could go three straight years of not making the playoffs – Douglas, four straight years of not making the playoffs, and you just went all in to this extent, and you get to keep your job? You know, Ty, listen, again, you're bringing up a valid point. But you know what? You, you know how seasons go, right, Ty? They, they, have, they bring on their own essence each year, right? Every, every game, every week, things happen. Let me, and, and you know what? Again, very, very valid point. And I would be sick to my stomach if that didn't happen. But let's just say, right, Ty, that – the season just has a couple of heartbreaking games like we had last year, right? We're on that verge of being 10 and seven and playing and playing such good football where one or two of those games and where we're, you know, 12 and five and, and that's the difference, but we end up 10 and seven and we don't make the playoffs because, you know, the first few games were a bump in the road and we just didn't build the continuity yet. That's what I'm getting at. Like, do I think at that point they need to be fired? I think you have to evaluate on how it goes, whether to just say if they don't make the playoffs, they need to be on a hot seat of being, being fired. Because it can go you. either way, right, my man? I, mean, I hear I, you. My- I hear you, Danny. I hear you. And I'm up against the clock, so I, I, I got to hit a break here. I appreciate the call. Great phone call. But he, here is what you have to – here is what has to be comprehended. There is a certain set of circumstances that can afford you the benefit of the doubt. If this is year one of this regime and they go 10-7, and a couple of heartbreaks, you go to Buffalo on Monday Night Football, lose at, you lose at the buzzer. You, know, you end the season in New England against the Patriots. You lose a, a tough one on, you know, on a, you know, the, the Patriots just execute one more play better than you. Then, yes, there is a case that you don't deserve to be given a pink slip. But as I started with at the top of the show, for Joe Douglas in this tenure with the Jets to be what he has been so far with this team 
And, you know, three straight years of missing the playoffs, 20 and 46 overall. I gave you the numbers with Salah. I'll reiterate that. And that is the fact that in two seasons, he's 11 and 23. Year one had the worst defense in the NFL. And on the point of Douglas, he missed on Zach Wilson. That's the biggest draft pick he's had, and he just completely whiffed on it. They botched the quarterback situation last year. They just traded away Mims. He was a second rounder in 2020. The Makai Becton debacle, we'll see what happens with him. But on the resume is the win-loss record, is the postseason not a lack of appearances, are the failed draft picks, and you get to the end of, for him it's year four, and for for Salah's year three, and again, we're talking about missing the playoffs, you don't get that luxury, you don't get that benefit of the doubt, and it's, it's tough sometimes, it's brutal, it's hardcore, but that's the nature of sports. 800-919-3776, love the phone calls that are coming in, we'll get to you coming up here uh, when we get back from break. Ty Butler in for Larry and Gordon right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is what we do, we show love to the Bronx, Ice Spice on the program. Little Princess Diana. Harvey, why were you hesitant about playing Ice Spice? You 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 don't you don't like Ice Spice? What's wrong? What's wrong with Ice Spice? She from the Bronx, might be listening to the show. Maybe she'll call a hotline, get a little spot, get her to weigh in on the Jets, Yankees, Mets. You gotta set the scene. I'm look, I'm all for setting the scene. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I've got enough music on my phone. Um too many songs for Ice Spice, huh? I mean, Ice. You need some sauce, Harry. That's what's wrong with you now. You in a relationship? No. See, that's 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 why you single. <laughs> I, I highly doubt. That's why you that's why you single, bro. You don't got enough doubt. sauce. You don't got enough sauce. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Ty Butler, Infilaria, and Gordon go until midnight. The calls are rocking. I love it. Calls are rocking right now. We here. We bringing the energy. We bringing the fire. Let's go to Freehold. We talk to Dunny. What up, Dunny? Yo, yo, what's up, my man? Let me tell you something. And I mean this, like, from the bottom of the heart. You run an absolutely phenomenal show. You are a talent. I mean this. I'm not even trying to gas you up. It is just a, it, it's awesome to hear the way that you talk about football and your fandom. Listen, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I own it. I love it. I'm crazy. Like all of us, we all think it's our year every year. But let me talk to you, man. The way you're breaking I appreciate down the love, this, man. No, no, no. I, you earned it, man. This is somebody. I hope somebody at the station's giving it to you because you're earning it. I'll listen every time you're on. But neither here nor there for this situation. I love the way you're breaking down the Jets season. Let me tell you something. As a Cowboys fan. We, I have a little. I'm from. I'm Jersey guy. I have a little soft spot for the Jets. Right. First of all, I just dislike the Giants, man. I think it's unfair that their stadium you playing in. It's got the, the name, all, all this extra stuff. But <laughs> I, I've watched Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I think last year is an anomaly. This guy won the MVP two years ago. I think, yeah, down year, but some young receivers. And at, at the end, they got a little hot there. They didn't win the game they needed, but it's football. Ball bounces every way, you know, every week. I think you're going to get a really really motivated Aaron Rodgers, and I've seen it firsthand. This guy crushes my soul, crushes it, year in, year out. 
I think the Jets get a really motivated Aaron Rodgers and one that wants to play and wants to win. And I actually believe everything he's saying, and I know what he's capable of. And I think he has a really solid year. The I'm one shocked that as a cow. Oh, okay. My bad. I was going to say I'm shocked that because like Cowboys fans despise Rodgers. Man, that 2016 throw on the sidelines to who was it? Jared Cook in that playoff game where in Dak's rookie year where they came all the way back from like 30 points down. That was that you was a heartbreak. The Dez game. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking, and I've seen it. And, and listen, he's done it more times than than even that. He just does. He finds a way to beat us. But regardless, neither here nor there. I want to talk about the Jets. I know what this man is capable of, and I have grown up knowing that the Jets are going to find a way there to cheddar bob themselves, man, every year. Oh, However, man. don't say that. They are Come not. On, they are. I do not believe that they are going to do that this year. That's why I do think there is a level of pressure because, like like you, there are expectations. I think Joe Douglas on the hot seat. I think Salah on the hot seat. These are – they should win. That is a great defense, great running game. I mean, they have options. They could do it. And, and the thing is, I think they have to. They have to break the stigma this year. There is no year better than this year to break the stigma for Rodgers individually and for the Jets collectively as, as a franchise. So I say that. I don't want to ramble too much. I know I've been going. A phenomenal job. Keep rocking and rolling. You know it's go Cowboys forever. Week two, we'll see you. Hopefully we get them once. But if not, um, I mean, I understand it. The man is a bad man. He's a bad man. Yo, Don, so, yo Donnie, Donnie, did you see that? Did you see what just happened? Did you see what just what happened? happened? Tell me, talk to me. Dak just threw a pick six to uh, Sauce Gardner. He's taking it back for a touchdown, and the Cowboys lose. I'm sorry, bro. I appreciate the love, man. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate the love from Freehold, Daddy. Really like that. Uh, let's go to Buda in the Bronx. Bruda, it, I, I feel like we're going to be on the same page tonight. But well, let me hear it. Let me hear it from your mouth, bro. Listen, to your last caller, Dak Prescott's a dub, okay? <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, Warty, listen, you know that you know the Dallas Cowboys ain't going to the Super Bowl. Talking there, talking that jump. But, um, Tell listen, that to Ray Santiago. Yo, Ray Santiago's got Dak as like a top five quarterback. Him on the morning know, show I with, with DPH on Rothenberg. I mean, mm-hmm. y'all need to hit Santiago up on the phone lines, 6 to 10 a.m. on this station. Hit him on Twitter. He's got Dak as a top five quarterback. And y'all come on here calling me a troll. Okay, I'll listen. What's up, Buddha? What you got? All right, listen. I got some Jets, and you got to let me get a little college football in real quick. Now, look, with, with, with the Jets, uh, your first caller, Gabriel, and then the guy who called you before the last caller, you know, respectfully, these are the fans that disgust me. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you're going to sit here and make these excuses for Joe Douglas. You know, um, I had a bet with Ted Daddy. I, I knew, I know this team, and I know the talent level, and, and I know where they need to go. First year, Rob Sally tells me they're going to win six games. I said they're going to win four. Still waiting on that steak dinner. Uh, Anita Marks, they, they, everybody tell me about how Joe Douglas was under Ozzie Newsom, and he's going to do all these different things. Joe Douglas is Joe Douglas. Ozzie Newsom is Ozzie Newsom. I don't want to talk about the draft picks. You went through it already. I don't want to talk about the draft picks. Let's look at the free agents. Rashard Perriman, Brian Poole, Greg Van Rotten, Neville Hewitt, 
It gets better. Carl Lawson, Corey Davis. You guys want to anoint this guy? Ryan Khalil. Ryan Khalil. Ryan Khalil, who was so... That's the the actual number. 626. When Rob Sala came, he he made a few plays with Sam Donald. He made a few deep passes, caught a few passes, you know, did a couple things. Rob Sala and him get here, he gets food poisoning from from, from some bad salmon, and he can't, you know, fit into the system. And here we go again with these coaches. And Rob Sala's at the bottom of these three coaches I'm going to mention to you. But there's this system nonsense. It's him. Then above him is uh, uh, Tibbs. Then slightly above Tibbs is Sean McDermott in Buffalo. You know, you got all kind of problems over there with Stephon Diggs right now. You know why? Because Stephon Diggs knows, I know where I need to be. I know where the pass needs to be. But you letting the quarterback run around and do his own thing, and we don't have no timing and all that. And then now, you know, the coaches want to talk bad about these players when there's stuff that these coaches need to do that needs to be a little bit better. But I digress. You know what? I let these fanboys call y'all and tell you how Joe Douglas is. He's killing it. You know that picture they got him on Twitter with the clown on? Let me know when the Jets make the playoffs. Please, somebody. Somebody just let me know when the Jets make the playoffs. This is his fifth year here, and they haven't been close to the playoffs, not one of those years. And you can't keep blaming everything on Adam Gates. But college football. Uh-oh, are you going to talk about Northwestern? No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Nothing serious. Well, serious, but not like that. You know, with this Deion Sanders thing with these blood clots, it's very scary to me, you know, because oh, yeah. I see him as a guy who's going on to do some really big things, and I hope his health holds up because I think he could turn things around in Colorado, especially as that division uh, weakens and teams start, you know, going to other things. So my hearts and prayers go out to him, and I hope he's all right. But I'm going to give you a little nugget of somebody – that you need to watch. You know, two two people you need, two teams you need to watch. You need to watch LSU, Brian Kelly, and the family. I think they might have a big season this year. But there's a quarterback that is flying under the radar. And Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick. Drake May is going to be number two. There's another guy that they're talking about. But I'm telling you something, fam. I watch a lot of college football, and I see a kid, when the ball comes out of his hand, is legit NFL delivery, legit NFL velocity, legit NFL touch. He's had a knee injury, and if he can hold up, I thought he was going to come out last year. That kid, Michael Penix Jr., let me tell you something, brother. That's a diamond in the rough. And you could get him at the 15th or 16th pick. So I hope the Jets are paying attention because we can only have one year. Aaron Rodgers guaranteed, maybe two. But if they do as well as they're supposed to do and they're getting picked around the 20. Please don't draft me no more. Edge rusher from Iowa State or wherever they are. <laughs> Take a look at that kid, Michael Penny Jr. I'm trying to tell you, man. Love you, my dude. 
Yo, much love, man. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the love. I, listen, I, I can't be focused on the Jets drafting a quarterback next year. I did see, I don't know how true it is, that Rodgers might have guaranteed at least three years. Again, I, I, I don't know how true it is, but I'm hoping for more than one year. And if you can find a way to, to, to have this be year one of a successful story, whether or not it ends in a Super Bowl, but it means you know him coming back, then that's what I'll sign up for. 800-919-3776. I see all your calls. We will get to you guys, I promise. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler going to midnight. Apparently, Aaron Boone is in the midst of what if his better press conference is following a loss, some accountability. So I'm excited to hear that in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll get into Draymond Green as well, who was trending today. I'm always intrigued when I see someone trending during the offseason, especially Draymond Green, what he's got going on. Got to get into that. Carlos Rodon, what are you doing, bro? You just got here. You just got here. You won't smoke with the Yankee fan base? Fam, we're going to have to get into that as well. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. He wants to talk Jets. What up, Jose? Hey, good evening, Ty. And shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to chime in on the uh, Jet talk, but... um. Just to, you know, go over, because I did have some thoughts on the Draymond Green situation. You know, I couldn't believe, you know, what he was saying with the, I I was just like, okay, I could get that people can get you so mad to where you want to punch someone's right toe. I I totally understand that. But to give the excuse and like to pretty much try to make uh, this guy like, like it's like they made Jordan Poole to be out the ultimate villain when it's like, yeah. dude, dude, dude is the guy that got knocked out. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. He was a big part that he was big reason why they did win last year, and now it's just like you know, after one year, after just one year and all this, all this happened, it's just like, now we're gonna cut bait. We're gonna get rid of him, even though we made an investment and. You know, I'm, I, 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 I am. Uh, it is going to be a little, you know, interesting to watch how this team, you know, formulates so over the future. Because if karma's a thing, they're going to have something coming to them. Uh, my jet point. Uh, I, I could not agree more with, with, with you know, Joe Douglas's draft record because I find it very inconsistent. Um, you can't, uh, like, you know, the first year. I, I, I don't want to hear that Adam Gates was in the room. At the end of the day, you're the guy that has the insight to make the play, uh, the, the the picks, and you know Ashton Davis not sure, you know turning out, uh, Denzel Mims not turning out, and the rest of those players. It looks like it looks like it's going to be what Makai Becton, and I think it's Huff was taken in that year, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I'm just not really thrilled with it, and then. The, the Zach Wilson thing will always bother me because just like Buddha, I watch a lot of college football and it will always bother me. Uh, and I, I've always felt like if there was ever a time for a GM to be insubordinate, it would have been, but it would have been in that situation because that yeah. second round pick was just way too valuable. But I know it's never going to happen. This ain't the movies like it's like, you know, drop day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to go in and, uh, but uh, to, to go, I, I'm a little concerned with the fan base though because i'm just like hey we didn't give up all of this 
And part of, you know, get, and getting Adam Lazard and part of Mims, you know, part, us parting ways with Mims is because of all the additions we got to pretty much comfort Rodgers. We didn't do all these moves just to um, just for me to be okay with a playoff appearance and build something. Yeah, we got we need more that. than that. Yeah, Thank Jose, you. you're right. Like, I appreciate the call. We we need more than that, man. It, it it's not just you make the playoffs, bow out in the wild card round to the Chargers. We keep it pushing and act like this was a success, a successful season. You need a lot more than that, especially with all that you've invested going into this season. We had to flush in to, to chop it up with Manny. What's good, Manny? Hey, 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 um, hey, Ty, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm I'm chilling. What's going on with you? Yeah, man, man, I can't wait to hear about Draymond. I mean, Draymond's just being Draymond instead of the um, addressing about instead of accountability. This is basically throwing his brother, his well ex teammates, hits under the bus, and now his daddy is in the, is in the party. Yeah, uh, Jordan Poole's dad weighed in. Yeah, we're going to get into that in hour number two. What do you got on the Yankees and Jets? Right, Let me hear. Yes, yes. Oh, listen, man. Look, I mean, if you think about it, the last time they've been under 500, I don't think both of us were born at that time. I mean, it's amazing of how, how, how time flies. I mean, even if they miss the playoffs, they might go over 500. I mean, this be the first time in, in my lifetime they'll, be, they'll go under 500. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, I, I, if I had to go back and look, it might be ninety-two. The last mm-hmm. time the Yankees finished under five hundred, I have to go back mm-hmm. and check. But I think the year is ninety-two. The last time that the, that they, yeah, ninety-two. Joe Leo, the producer, is confirming. It's the last time they were under five hundred. And right now, through ninety-six games, they're four games above five hundred. Appreciate the call, Manny. Don't, don't worry, we will get into the Yankees coming up here in a few. Got an hour on the Jets. Uh, got a chance to talk about that. But the Yankees, I mean, you thought she was running from this smoke? Nah, we got to get into that coming up. Ty Butler on 98.7 ESPN.